This week's Medrash and this week's Parsha, Parsha's Bamidbar, discusses that there's an aspect that the Torah was given in the Midbar, and it's a fundamental property of Torah. That Torah is a, Torah is connected to a Midbar, and there are myriad Pshatim in this. But one of the main Pshatim is, is that a person who acts like a Midbar, who is modest, is somebody who can which, you know, sounds like we're saying a Musar Vard on the Parsha. But this actually mm-hmm. has halachic applications. The Gemara says in Erevin, Om Shmuel, that for three years, Bisham and Bishalul argued, and at the end of the three years, a Baskal came out and said, listen, they're both right. And yet we Paschal like Bishalul. So, the Gemara says, well, if both are correct, then why was Beis Hillel right? Why do we paskin like Beis Hillel? So the Gemara says, Because they were easy to get along with, and they accepted criticism. And they learned both their tzad, their angle on the halacha, and Beis Magdimin. In fact, they gave Beishamai's reason precedence. And a lot of people, Rishonim, ask, the Gemara just said that there is some type of connection between Anava and Psak, who we Paskin like. For instance, if two Rabbanim would have a Machlekes, it sounds from here that the Halacha would go like the more modest Rav, and not necessarily the more knowledgeable Rav. And this is incredible, because if you would have asked anyone on the street, they would have told you, listen, as important as Anova is, as central as Anova is, it shouldn't be a factor in Psak, but this Gemara seems to be making a factor in Psak. So there's several great Terutim, and they're very fundamental in how Torah is, is learned, and how Torah is Paskin, and the, how Torah is arbited. The Bis Yosef says that Psak coming out with the proper, the emes in Torah, is not a human science. It's something that requires siyata deshmaya. It's something that requires Hakadosh Baruch Hu to help you, and therefore, whichever midas cause a person to have a Hakadosh Baruch Hu be more involved in his life, are essential midas in Psak, and therefore, an anav who HaKadosh Baruch Hu enjoys being in his presence, he will have better psak. And that's how the Bes Yosef is Masbra this Gemara. The Tesis Rid, the Tesis Rid says also a very practical reason that Bes Hillel didn't just say their reason. They entertained Bes reason. Bes stuck with their guns and didn't entertain Bes reason. So the Tesis Rid says you come out with a better psak when both possibilities are considered versus when only one possibility is considered. The Chidas is also very similar that someone that who, who's an Ani, he is, someone who's an Anav, is someone who will not be so self-assured and he'll second-guess himself and he'll question himself. And this will cause him to arrive at a much more accurate Psak. But all these reasons are dancing around the same the same fundamental you say that Psak Halacha is a function of anava as much as knowledge.
Just an interesting little nugget. I'm not sure there's any halacha lamaisa involved in this. The uh, pasuk in this week's parsha starts off: "Mi ben Esrim shanav amalakol yotzei tzava b'Yisrael tifkudu oisam l'tzavosam atav aron." That the count in this week's parsha was from people twenty and above eligible to go out in the army, eligible for military service. Rashi says, "Magid she'ain yotzei l'tzava pachas mi ben Esrim." You're not allowed to go out to war unless you're 20. There's an Isser. Rashi says that there's an Isser for a 18-year-old, a 19-year-old to go out to war. Once he's 20, he's able to go out. Um, the Mechazchinach points out that the Rambam doesn't pask in this. Perhaps he goes in the sheet of the Ramban, who disagrees and says that 20 and on, you have to go out. It's compulsory military service. Under 20 is voluntary military service. So it could be it's not agreed upon by everyone that it's an Isra, but definitely the age of military service in the Torah is 20. And the question is, where does this number 20 come from? Why why just 20? We know that uh, kids under 20, 18-year-olds, uh, make fine soldiers. So why does the Torah insist on a 20-year-old being the eligible age for military service. So there's several answers. The Ramban brings the mission in Avis Parak Hay that says, since the Mishnah says, Ben Esrim Luridif, when a person is 20, he's capable of giving chase, which is a necessary military trait. That's why only a 20-year-old is eligible for military service. The Gra says also from the same Mishnah and Avis, that, that Ben Esrim Luridov is the reason why. The Medrash Shmuel and Avis says, fascinating, that it says in that Mishnah, a person should get married when they're 18, so he should get married when he's 18. We know that the first year of marriage, he's exempt from military service, and therefore by then he's already after 19, he didn't get married on his 18th birthday, and therefore when you're 20, you go to you go out to get married. There's one other answer that's interesting that's uh, brought in the Kliyakar and the Chida, and that is that we know that until a person is 20, he is not bar enchen. He doesn't get enchen in Shamayim. Until a person is 20, he doesn't get punished. Now, does that mean, does that mean he doesn't get punished at all and he's off the hook for what he does till he's 20? Or does it mean he doesn't receive the punishment till he's 20, but once he hits 20, it all comes due? That's a big, big hack amongst the, the Paiskim with the Nedi Bihuda and the Hacham Tzvi. But, um, but in either case, says the Kliyakar, until a person's 20, he's pretty carefree. Because whether or not he gets punished later or not, it's definitely not due now. And when we send out people to fight a war, we need them to be. Uh, big Yerushalayim now, because we know that Hakadosh Baruch Hu, um, will assist soldiers that are Yerushalayim. We know that soldiers that are Balayavera are potter from war. So a person who is twenty and his punishment is much more palpable, is much more likely to be Yerushalayim, and those are people we want to be soldiers. This is Parsha Parshas Bamidbar. We have the episode in which the where there was a transfer of kedusha from the bechirim to the levium, and generally the transfer went one for one, one bechar for one 
Levi, but there were some extra Levim, there were some extra Bechairim, I'm sorry, there were some extra Bechairim in the end, and those Bechairim didn't have a particular Levi with whom to transfer their Kedusha, therefore the Tyra said they should give five Slayim to Meish Rabbeinu and they will be Peida on Aaron. And this is not the source for the Pidgin Aben we do, but it's very, very close to the Pidgin Aben, and in fact, it's constantly used to discuss halachas in Pidgin Aben. So let's just do that. There's a question that's asked through many chuvis, and uh, it's one of these things that everyone gives the exact same answer, but since it's asked so many times, I guess it's interesting to discuss. If a baby, for whatever reason, cannot get his bris on time, and the baby is a bachar and turns 30 days old, and it's time for his pigeon aben, do you, should you, do a pigeon aben without the bris? Or, or do you wait to do the bris before you do the pigeon aben? Now, I should point out that in Chuvis Ranach, the, 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 he says that if a baby is going to have his bris on day 31, and therefore on the same day he's going to get his bris and pigeon aben, there he does say that you have to do the bris before the pigeon aben because he should have the kedusha provided by a bris before he does any other mitzvahs. We're not asking if they happen to come out on the same day. We're asking if the baby's bris is still a ways away and it's day 30, day 31, do we say, okay, now let's do the pigeon aben in absence of a bris or do we say, listen, let's wait till this baby can have a bris. Once the baby can have a bris, then we'll do the pigeon aben. And this Shiloh was asked to many Paiskin. This was asked to the Chida and Chaim Shal. This was asked to the Tzamach Tzedek. This was asked to the Chsam Seifer. This was asked to the Shiva Tzi and the Maria Sad. Everyone says the exact same answer. Everyone says, of course you do not wait to do the bris. Like the Chsam Seifer says, if a person isn't wearing tefillin, does that stop him from doing other mitzvahs? Yes. Tefillin is an extremely important mitzvah, but just because you're not wearing tefillin or can't wear tefillin, it doesn't mean you shouldn't do other mitzvahs. So to hear, just because a baby can't have a bris, it doesn't mean that he shouldn't be doing other mitzvahs. But what's interesting, what has to do with our parsha, is both the chidon and the tzedek bring a raya from our parsha. In our parsha, we have these becherim that were supposed to be paid to themselves, supposed to have pidgin bechar, onto a levy or onto money. And these Bechairim had not had a bris yet, because as we know, that the Pasik in the beginning of Yeshua tells us that beside the Mila that took place immediately upon Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, there was no Mila practiced in the Midbar for 40 years, because there wasn't the prevalent winds that would assist in healing, and therefore it was too much of a Sakana to do a Mila in the Midbar. So, no one in the Midbar, no one born in the Midbar had a bris until they went into Eretz Yisrael. Therefore, therefore, these Becherim, who had Pidgin Haben in the Midbar, not one had a bris, and yet we see that didn't stop them from doing Pidgin Haben, and therefore that is the halacha, a baby that cannot have a bris still has to have a Pidgin Haben.